0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Secret Origins of Mint Condition Star Trek Edition. And I guess to steal from the Ready Room, this is a Red Alert Edition because we, at the time of this dropping, we had just dropped our mid-season thoughts with episodes one through four. But we're back because episode five was epic. I'm going to put out right away. This is all spoilers because we're <laughs> going to get into spoilers. So if you've not seen episode five, <laughs> don't listen to this unless you want to be spoiled. And joining me to talk about episode five is of course Joe.
1: Hey Trekkie, how you doing?
0: And returning from I think you were in the uh, Delta Quadrant last time we recorded an episode Josh uh, Josh Captain Josh Bernhard is with us again.
2: yeah I, I uh, in my haste to get back in time, I accidentally turned into a giant salamander on the way because I broke up uh, the tent barrier. hate when that yeah. happens. But I've I'm better navigating
1: now. that wormhole?
2: Yeah, a little trouble navigating that wormhole.
0: <laughs> well, at least you broke the uh, with the warp barrier and it's something we're never gonna
2: talk about again.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Never gonna talk about again. Uh-uh. Except I'm not even the first one. So so I really <laughs> so really all I got was this lousy t shirt.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Just like
0: the fact we're never going to talk about the two Valk and Neelix became one person. We're never going to talk about oh, that again, no, no, no. as much as it impacted two beings and possibly killed the sentient life form. But anyway, um, we are we are here, like I said, to talk about uh, episode five of Picard season three, Imposters. Um Josh, since you were not here for our last episode, and I guess this week, jo- John is going to be in the Delta Quadrant. Maybe he's in the Gamma Quadrant. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to catch up with him when he returns, but. What did you think of episodes two through th- two through four, and then we'll get into five?
2: Oh well, you know, I mean, just fantastic. I mean, just phenomenal. As a fan of Star Trek TNG and the films in particular, uh, but uh, particularly TNG, I think we mentioned on um, the uh, the episode I did when we were discussing about season three of Picard that. Um, you know, there's really a lot here for fans of TNG and also fans of the the, the TOS movies. And I think that Terry Metalis, the showrunner for this season, who's overseen the, uh, the story, was the grand designer of it, I think has just done a really marvelous job at, you know, really mining the past of next gen for, you know, not gratuitous use of its history of its uh canon or continuity but real you know really tapping into the the veins of the dramatic potential that was left unexplored um you know with all the characters it really feels like it's very true to who these characters were who we know them to be and it really does feel like we are just we are catching up with them 20, 30 years later, not only with the changes that they have undergone in their lives off screen that we haven't seen, but sort of also the show itself. We're seeing this new phase of these people's lives with a show that is of the, you know, current 2020s TV drama, sci-fi drama sensibility. It, it, it it really feels like a very natural evolution of next gen in terms of the show itself as a show and of the characters. And it's, it's just really wonderful. It's really, it's fun. It's engaging, no pun intended. And it's just, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm here for it. I love seeing these characters. I love the, I love the relationship between Picard and Riker. I think it's, the best depiction of mm. these these two characters that I've seen in a long, long time, and really the first time we're really seeing them as more or less as 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 equals, because mm-hmm. the two of them have gotten to an age where they don't have anything to prove to anyone, and they're sort of on equal footing. Obviously, you know, Picard was Riker's CEO for a long time, and he outranked him for a long time, uh, but now the two of them are sort of the age difference doesn't matter and uh, both of them are legends and they're able to sort of behave more as you know friends rather than uh one officer in charge of another and um you know just one last thing i'll say like i'm really reminded of there's a subplot well not a subplot i guess it's actually really the a plot but uh, but in a first season tng episode one one zero zero one zero zero one, where uh, mm-hmm. that's like the first of the holodeck episodes. Where um, no, we're not the first. I guess uh, the big goodbye was the first, but it's the one with uh, the binars, where they they're upgrading the holodeck and they steal the enterprise uh, to help save their home planet. And the only uh, two crew who are left on the enterprise are, are Picard and Riker, and the two of them have to work together to retake the ship and there are a lot of moments in there between those those two men those young versions of the characters who hadn't really known each other that long and i keep imagining those scenes between them in that first season episode from 1987 in my mind and comparing uh to watching them in season three of picard and just the the amount that has transpired between these two men and the amount of of growth and evolution in their relationship is really just amazing it's so it's so wonderful that we get to see them at this place yeah absolutely absolutely i uh thank you for the really deep cut josh
0: going, going on going that's why you're here too is you're yeah. classy that's star it's trek great. deep cut knowledge of the next generation but uh, uh yeah i i for agree better or worse
2: that. it's it, for better or worse i've got these things knocking around in my brain and and by this point <laughs> i don't think they're going anywhere <laughs> it's for the better it's for the better um, batting
1: is knocking around my brain
2: <laughs> yeah no yeah i've got star trek episode uh, plot summaries and um uh my social security number
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the yeah. entire film of uh, ghostbusters up there somewhere too yes but, uh, right 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 <laughs> And the back to the future trilogy. Um, and the back to the future trilogy. Um well, I, I think uh I agree with everything you said. Um, and I think we can, you know, without uh reviewing the whole thing, I think episode five falls into it. So I think we should just dive into the meal that is episode five that's brought us here today. And yes. there's so many places we could start, but we might as well start with the big one that I think is the reason why we got here. And I had mentioned her coming back as one of my hopes in episode one of, of uh when we reviewed it. So um Rolarin is back and uh, her inclusion into the storyline was a natural sort of mm-hmm. um, inclusion. It made sense. Um, I, I was like, I was, I was happy they went there. Cause I was, you know, like when we had our guest ideas of who we, they would bring back from the next generation for this, I was, you know, just thinking about people whose storylines didn't really end and she was there. Uh, and so I was really happy to see her. And obviously her impact, on this episode, um, you know, episode four was very dramatic and, and ex- explosive and emotional. And then this one, this one was really uh, more so because of everything that she sacrificed at the end. Um, Josh, yes. what was your what were your thoughts about the Rolyron storyline?
2: No, yeah, same. I was really pleased to see the character and the actor. Uh, Michelle Forbes is fantastic. She um, really brought the goods and just the dynamic between her and Picard and Riker, it, it's funny, um, TNG was really from an, an era of very consciously episodic storytelling, um, but there were a few, you know, runners, a few storylines and and characters that they kept on returning to, and Ensign Rowe was... One of those characters, and where we left her, I remember watching it at the time. I think it was even the the penultimate episode of next gen so so right before the series finale was um you know ensign Rose's final episode where she she um she betrays Riker and Picard and she joins the maquis and you know it made sense for the character though though it was kind of um. Unsatisfying. You didn't want her to do that, and you wanted there to be some kind of follow-up on that story. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if DS9 tried to get her to guest star at some point. Mm. Um, uh, because I do know, you know, there was a perverse satisfaction ha- um, having Michelle Forbes as Ensign Rowe be talking about the Changelings, uh, because I know that... The idea of Ensign Roe was to have her spin off into Deep Space Nine and um, she would have uh, played the role that the major Kira character actually mm-hmm. uh, filled in the show. So the idea was so. And if you you put the two characters side by side, you can kind of like see the similarities. Yes. And um, she would have acted as sort of the liaison between Starfleet and the Bajorans. Uh, but that obviously um, never came to pass. And there's just something uh, perversely satisfying for, for a fan to have Ro return and engage so much with a storyline that was a DS9 storyline, what with the um, the Dominion War and the Changelings. Uh, but all of that, you know, fan stuff aside, like, I just, that scene between Roe and and Picard in the holodeck was no, well, I'm sorry. They had three scenes Mm -hmm. that sort of blur all together in my mind. There's the scene in the observation lounge. There was that scene in the holodeck where they realize that they are who they say they are. Mm -hmm. And then there was that sort of um, farewell scene in the corridor where, Roe gives Picard the the earring Earing, and just yeah. the detail of her not wearing the earring and why she wasn't wearing the earring and giving the earring, knowing its significance to the character from next gen was such a, the way that they, you know, it was so masterful the way that you're constantly wondering, wait, is this really Roe or is this a changeling? Is this Roe? Is this a changeling? And, you know, with, um, her cutting her finger and um, uh, dropping the blood, which they used to do on Deep Space Nine to prove that they weren't changelings. And then you immediately find out, oh, wait a second, that doesn't mean anything anymore. And then you're like, oh my God, okay, she is absolutely a changeling. And then you realize, no, but the reason why they don't trust each other is not some plot uh, contrivance. It's like real, it's real character stuff. And you... You believe it all because it's consistent with who we know these um, these uh, these characters are, and yeah, you know, I'm not ashamed to say when she sacrificed herself at the end uh, uh, to buy Picard and the Titan some time, I shed a tear. Yeah. like it was just so. Uh, 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 uh when uh, when Picard said, "You know, I do see you." though I don't think I saw you until this moment, like it was a very moving, well-earned conclusion of the story of that of that character. And I'm just, you know, I'd say I was sorry that um, we won't be seeing any more of her, except for the fact that the way she went out was so perfect. It, yeah. She went out the way her
0: character was was always depicted. You know, she went out fighting and it was... I mean, Picard has have some has some really great acting with his you know other you know co stars in this like the him and and Rolaren in and the holodeck is like as powerful as him and Beverly in the uh, medic bay like talking about Jack. I mean, it's just it's amazing, powerful character stuff, and you just really believe the two of them. Like when they both said they broke each other's heart, it was that was like almost a tear and moving, touching as well in that scene. Yeah,
1: I mean. To, to further speak to what Josh just spoke about um, the title of the episode is "Imposters," right but uh, we uh, we know there are Impostors on the ship now i.e. change things but it's not really about them the Impostors are Picard and Ro because they thought they knew who each other were and it wasn't until they're thrown into this situation in the very end that they find out who they really are and how much they meant to each other so that's very you know it's just a great story arc for, for for Rowan and, and a great revelation for Picard at the ver, at the very end so i just uh once again this thing is just hitting hitting on all cylinders on all <laughs> i Josh, i need i need a um something here that's that star trek i shouldn't be saying all cylinders right what would be pr- appropriate <laughs> i don't know but uh, yeah i guess it's it's, it's attaining warp speed you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i mean it's also like um you know i picard as a character is grown enough that you can yeah. have him emote like that to roll because he was not uh, he was just reaching like i guess the the openingness of his emotions by the time we get to all good things but you know this is a picard now we can finally say his feelings which is mm-hmm. which even adds to you know the drama and the understanding of these characters. It's, it's just, it's just, fan, it's fantastic. And again, it was heartbreaking. Like you said, Josh, it was like her sacrifice. You know, okay. I, I was, I was feeling myself, you know, welling up too. It was So, you know, we, we just, she was so cool in the episode and so well written. And it was just, you know, like I said, it was, it's sad. We're not going to see more of her, but she went out in such a mm. amazing way and made really? such an impact on the series that um, it's it sort of, that well writtenness sort of, I guess, like eases the eases eases the idea of not seeing her again.
1: When a character shows his his or her true feelings, the facade that they had put up for decades, and in this case, falls away, and we see who they really are. And they be they are they are a different person. Bacall is a different person at the end of this episode. He really is. He's grown so much, but it's also growth through through tragedy.
2: The other thing that I find really kind of interesting about what Ro said to Picard in that holodeck scene in particular, Mm. you know, she had some, some points about him. She, I don't recall the specific dialogue, um, but she said something to the effect of, you know, you didn't believe in me. You believed in the institution and you were, you wanted, there was only one way for her to exist properly in his mind and that clouded his sight from being able to see who she really was as a person like his um his ideal he couldn't see beyond the uniform Mm. i mean basically you're either you know a starfleet officer is sort of uh, the pinnacle of everything good and right and true and you know the idea that the right thing to do or at the very least, the right thing to do for somebody else uh, would be to go against what Starfleet is saying or calling for. Um, you know, I think that's a very valid criticism of uh, the Picard character, and I, I just felt it was even more, it was even more underscored in a, a very uh, cringe-inducing moment where, you know, he's trying to connect with his. Um, his his estranged son making the equivalent of, I don't know if you were, uh, you guys are familiar, uh, but there it's like a, um, you know, a meme about like a youth, um, uh, pastor who's uh trying to make a connection with like a wayward youth, uh, who says, you know, who else was a rebel? Jesus Christ! And it's 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 sort of like it's it's sort of like you know, uh, uh, Picard in that in that moment is playing the role of the youth, uh, uh, pastor in that, Mm -hmm. you know, where he's, 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 um, he's, he's trying to, uh, to tell Jack, he's like, uh, you know, Starfleet is, is for rebels. It's pretty cool. You might not want to turn your back so quick. And it's just like, you don't get it, man. Like, it's like, not, not everyone wants to go to Starfleet.
1: Right. And we find (laughs) out later on the episode that, um, when, uh, they're they're uh, moving the crew, non essential crew, over to the uh, to the Titan. Uh, he says uh, he tells the um, the uh, transport officer anywhere uh, but there. You know, uh, I don't want to I don't want to go Starfleet. I want to I want to get away. And then we see what happens at the end, and you realize, oh, okay, all right, there's something really going on here. And uh, he's um, he's battling the demon obviously inside of him right now, which he tells his mother at the end. He doesn't he doesn't know what. I, um, uh, I think there's something wrong with me. <laughs> so, yeah, well, really, Jack? Yeah, yeah, there is. But uh, what it is, we don't know yet. I have my suspicions. But uh, sorry if I jumped ahead there. But, you know.
2: By the way, uh, could, I just, uh, could I just comment on the casting of Jack Crusher? He is such, he's such, he really feels like a younger version of Picard. He really, like, like uh, there was a close up of him. I don't know if it was in this episode or the episode before. There was a close up of his 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 eyes. Where I swear to God, I thought it was a close up of Picard at first, until they pulled out, and I was like, "Oh my God, it's Jack." The um the <clears throat> the actor he he has a hard edge, but he's also like he's he's roguish, but he's lovable. And there's something about him. He's very charismatic. Like, you really just want to watch him. He's, like, so watchable. And I really think, um, you know, uh, between uh, between him and Shaw and, you know, some of uh, the other new characters, I really feel like I'm going to be crushed if they don't spin this off, um, you know, into, like, a next next generation. I mean, I don't know where the – I don't know where all of these characters end up. Uh, by the end but i just feel like uh, they've really successfully created some really really great new characters and i would hate uh for this to be all that um we get to see of them
1: Mm, that's what john said last week right yeah that's what john said yeah yeah Yeah.
0: i mean uh I mean, I would be. I would imagine they would want to do something with these characters. I think Picard season three is being received very well. I mean, Josh, you usually have your finger on the pulse better than the two of us. Like, I think it's being received very well in the fan space and the wider space, right?
2: No, certainly in the fan space. The one thing that I really have no uh, no sense of whatsoever is, um, and I actually kind of wonder this myself, but I don't know to what degree it actually matters. I have no idea. What you would make of this show if you weren't already a Star Trek fan, specifically a next-gen fan. I really don't know how it would work. I think it would work well because it's a well-written show. And I think it's dramatic in its own right without the, um, the knowledge of who these characters were prior. But, like, for example, would just use this episode as an example, would the arrival and the death of Ensign Rowe have an impact anywhere near what it's very clear the episode thinks you should feel about it
1: Mm.
2: without having seen her in Next Gen? I don't know. And I mean, again, I don't know that it matters. And I also don't know that it matters um, in terms of you know, there's already a Star Trek for someone who's never seen Star Trek. It's Strange New Worlds. I mean, or even Discovery, frankly. So so, so I think, you know, again, I don't want to use the term fan service because it has a negative connotation. But, like, you know, this is sort of the, um, uh, 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 the deep cut Star Trek series, I feel like. <laughs> and I feel like that's okay uh, because it's not the only Star Trek that's on offer right now.
1: Well, I, you know, I didn't remember Ro's story that well. And yet this episode tells that story very well B- between her, uh, you know, the conversations he did as some of them were between her and Picard. And so I think the, 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 the show runs did a very good job. You can be a newbie. Uh, you could be like me. I, I watched three episodes of season one, did completely skipped season two. And I know how it's going on here. And that's something that I think, you know, um, uh, Especially in the you know, sidebar here in the comic book industry, they, 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 don't, they don't give their fans any any credit for having a, uh, half a brain in their head. and They constantly just retell stuff. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. We know this stuff. This is lore. Uh, we, we, know, we know this stuff. But at the same time, if you're, if you're reaching out to new viewers, you can you can have all this, quote unquote, as you said, fan service. We'll put that in air quotes, Josh. You can have it in there. But it can still work to advance the plot and and, uh, and the character arcs, uh, in in this particular episode especially. So I, I think they're they're having their cake and they're eating it too here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it, I mean I think this episode is an example. Like if someone was watching just Picard and hadn't seen Next Generation, I mean it might not be land as deep, but I think the the line the the emotional line and the and the uh, acting. And mm-hmm. the way it was done, I think it would still be very impactful when she sacrifices herself at the oh, end. Yeah. And I think you would see the, you know, the pain and and still relate to the pain that Picard had for, for that loss. And and at, only at the end, realizing the relationship that he could have had and didn't realize mm-hmm. he had at the end there. I think I think it could still translate, but it's hard to know. Like, you know, all three of us here are so steeped in Star Trek lore, especially like next generation at this point, that it, it, it is kind of hard to mentally separate um, and not have those feelings when you see these characters and, and when you get to see them do things that, you know, quite honestly, we never thought they would, we would ever get to see them do like, you know, this, this, the, uh, the season so far is like a gift, you know, because, uh, who, who knew we were going to get the, uh, the next generation wrap up all these years later with the same actors. So it's, it's quite a gift. Um, I mean, kind of spinning off the Rolaren stuff, uh, we find out that Rolaren was Worf's handler and, mm. And then we have today is a good day to die for Mr. Wharf yeah. in this episode, <laughs> but um, not the way we think. So, uh, Joe, you're the big Wharf fan. What's your What's your Wharf report from this week? Oh,
1: I loved it. I mean, uh, first of all, what's the um, the crime boss Kryn, right? The uh, the Vulcan crime boss.
0: Yes, it's logical. He was. Cool. He, was yeah, cool. he was cool.
1: Yeah he was, he, <laughs> yeah, he was. A little out of control at times, but he was cool <laughs> for a Vulcan, especially. <laughs> but. Um, you know, when they have that fight to the death, he forces that fight to the death between, uh, Wolf and, and Rafi, it's like, okay, I, and he, Wolf is seemingly, uh, mortally wounded, but I know something's happening here and, you know, they, it's all, you know, uh, smoke and mirrors and they went in there with their plans and backup plans to his plans because they knew they were facing a Vulcan, so they had to be smarter than him and they did, they outsmarted him and, um, it was a, it was another great Wharf and now we can't say just Wolf moment we have to say Wolf and Raffi moment because they are a team. This is like you know, and uh, what's District? Um, what's it called? District Six, where they, the, the criminals hang out. This is like they they took over this city. It's kind of like Gotham City without Batman. So <laughs> Wolf and Raffi are like Batman and Robin, you know, uh, <laughs> infiltrating this di- District Six, and it was it was just great fun and great Star Trek and. and um, just another another great Mr. Wharf moment. Let's say another great Raffi moment too. Loved it
0: all. Yeah, Wharf is fantastic. I ever, I, like I said, I I think Wharf steals the show sometimes. Mm-hmm. When he's on screen, I'm like, I'm I'm in for it. I'm like, where's yeah. the where's the Wharf subplot? Let's get back to Wharf sometimes. Yeah. But
2: so now we've finally seen he's he's finally in contact with um, the rest of our characters on the Titan. I loved that that moment when um, they're looking at the the dossier that Roe had oh, compiled yeah. and then they get the transmission and, and it's Worf. And Worf is clearly you. like, wait a minute. Ooh. I was not expecting, I was not expecting to see you. And then also, uh, you know, what is a humorous moment is uh, very quickly uh, becomes a sad moment uh, because um, he realizes that that means that um, something must have happened to Roe. I mean, to go oh, yeah, back to... Oh, warp is
0: great, yeah. And to go back to uh, the like the music of of the series so far, they played they played the first contact music when the three of them reunited there. Mm-hmm. They played the Klingon music again for him. Klingon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic,
1: fantastic.
0: Um, and, and to go to your point, like of 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 whatever they're going to do after the series, man, I would I would love a, a warp and Raffi miniseries also.
1: <laughs> oh, that would be great. Yep.
0: Who knows what they're going to do or will it end up in the series, but, but I'd be in for it. If, Mike, if Michael Dorn was up for doing Worf a little bit more, he's already done it so much, I would be up for another miniseries with him and Rafi.
1: Cleaning up the Quadrant one solar system at a time. Wolf and Rafi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I could be like a Western. It'd be a space Western. Yeah, yeah. First Star Trek space Western. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so I guess we also can get to the meat of the big revelation with the uh, our uh, old Dominion pals are back. I guess, I guess we have an explanation as to why um, we talked about in the last episode, why when the changelings Changelings turn back into their, you know, blob type of form, they they look different and stuff is because I guess they can, uh, they can really mimic almost everything at this point.
1: Dr. Crush's autopsy, I wrote this down, changelings can pass the blood test, Uh, capabilities beyond superficial, trust no one. (laughs) Yeah, they they've got it going on right now. They're very very dangerous. So, I guess they're
0: sep- they're separate from the Great Link, right? I mean, Joshua, is that what you think? Yeah.
2: Oh, you're saying that that these changelings have separated themselves from the Great Link. So, so it's not sort of uh so this isn't sort of happening um with the the knowledge or at least the blessing of the Great Link. Is that what you're saying? I'm guessing so. I mean, well,
0: that's my so. thought. I mean, that's my I guess that's the theory I'm putting forth is that we'll find out because of course, I don't know how they survive without the Great Lake. Unless enough of them are, are fractioned off, they create well, their own link or something. It, James, I mean, I, I don't know.
1: Sorry to, to interrupt, but did, didn't Dr. Crusher tell the uh, the ship's doctor, the ship Titan doctor, uh, that um, they have evolved? This. Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, now, did they? is this a, an evolution that took place within the Great Link, Or is this some outside force? And does this tie into... Um, uh, what we're seeing going on with Jack—I mean, his hallucinations now are becoming incredible. And then at the very end, that's not an hallucination. He takes down those four changelings. He goes all Rambo on them. So there's, you know, there's a, obviously there's a connection here, but we don't know what it is yet. But um, these changelings have become something other than what we have we have known them to be in the past.
0: Yeah, he's got something in his. He's got something in his. He either saw something or got exposed to something. You know. Uh-huh.
2: No, the interesting thing is, um, why is why are the changelings, or why is Amanda Plummer? Why are they so? Why are they so interested in him?
1: You it's know, so is Starfleet, he, right?
2: Well, 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 no, I don't know that Starfleet actually is, uh, because it seems like
1: well, they the are Starfleet characters
2: who were after him um, right. may be changelings.
1: Right. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Yes, you're right.
2: So so so, what is it that he, he has or he knows? Or, you know, of course, is he a changeling himself? Mm-hmm. Is he some sort of a sleeper agent? Which I'd prefer if it wasn't that, uh, because I feel like that has... I feel like we've seen that a lot in recent Star Trek, no less. So I prefer if he wasn't a sleeper agent. Um, I do wonder if it has to do potentially with this change in these these augmented changelings my theory is that is i don't know that this was so much an evolution as it is they have managed to figure out a way to do something to themselves that allows them to hold their solid form and also um uh, to be away from the link i think all those three things are connected i think um, the fact that they're able to be away from the link for so long, or I guess, I mean, that was always um, something that they could do. So, but like separating themselves from the link, maintaining their solid form. And I think it has something to do with Jack.
1: And not only maintaining a solid, solid form, Josh, but being able to bypass all the protocols that Starfleet set in place after the Dominion War. And again, during that autopsy, Crusher right. says that, that the forged changeling is is still human outside and in. There are approximation of human organs in that body that were only then, I think, breaking down at that point. So there is something. It, you're right. Is is obviously Jack is the key. Is he the? Uh, did he instigate the quote unquote evolution? Is he is he vital to keep it going? Is he is he a missing link? No pun intended. Uh, you know, uh, it's, again, it's a great mystery. That's the other thing about this, this series so far. It's a fantastic mystery, and uh, Star Trek has done mysteries in the past. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind uh, is um, you know uh, Star Trek Six, uh, and and they've done, they've done you know Court Martial from uh, the, the original series and, and other sh- other episodes. So. Wow, I'm so glad I'm watching this season. Thank you, James. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad we we pulled you in. I was like, you know, that Mr. Mr. Wharf pulled you in because yeah, I was like, you got to watch the, this second that, that second episode.
1: Me in. They me
0: uh, in. But yeah, I don't. I, yeah, they're and we still don't even know what the changelings really still at the Dyson Institute, right? We, yeah. Because that that the the weapon was just the diversion for what they really wanted, <laughs> right?
2: It yeah, that's true. That- we don't know what's at the Dyson Institute. Though I have to say. That's probably where they're going to encounter um, lore and Moriarty. Oh,
1: I never thought of that picture. Right? Yeah,
2: that makes sense. Uh, because, a... like, it seems like if that's a repository for uh, for advanced technology and for things that you know they don't know what to do with, I imagine um, that's where uh, they ship Moriarty off to. Uh, who I believe was in some uh, some sort of a cube. I think the last time we saw him, he was in like mm-hmm. a little yeah. white cube. What was the last kind? time was the last
1: uh, time? Martin? Season
2: five of Next Gen okay. or ah. six. I'm not sure there were two. Yeah, no, season, fi- season five of Next Gen. Um, ship in a Bottle. Oh, okay. Which so may have been da- season six. I don't recall.
1: The Daystrom Institute is basically the data core, the AI core of the entire quadrant well you know starfleet so yeah it makes sense that war ai and um uh, the ai would would be involved and would be heading there too probably yeah
0: i mean we'll oh. probably run into jordy there too because we haven't seen jordy yet we're missing jordy
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: okay, yeah
2: he i, he, he, I yeah. believe i believe if you look at the car's display um in the closing credits, I believe Jordy LaForge is mentioned as as being assigned to the the Daystrom Institute or something. No, no, I'm sorry. I think he's he's assigned to the Fleet Museum.
0: Yeah, well in the first episode of the of the season, Picard wanted to send the Decemity, the painting of the uh right, the right Enterprise to Jordy, D to Geordie at, Jordy at the, yeah. But we have to run into Jordy this week. I mean, we haven't seen Jordy. Like yeah. he's, he's the last piece of the crew like, mm-hmm. we haven't seen yet. I mean, without seeing Wesley, but he won't probably show up until episode nine or ten. I'm imagining.
2: No, well, well, and there's also Diana Troy who we haven't seen properly yet. So we That's saw true. her. Yeah. Uh, we saw her in the message in the right. flashback a few weeks ago. Uh, but from the trailers, I know that um, uh, there's a shot of her in a corridor. So. I know that she shows up at some point.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, okay. I mean, I'd also be happy going back to our first episode about this series if uh, at the Daystrom Institute we run into Miles O'Brien also. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah. I was oh, yeah. <laughs> trying
1: to what's happening, Miles O'Brien? I yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. can see that's a good place to run into Miles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And maybe Reg. I
2: wonder what old... Uh, oh, oh, Reg. Reg
1: yes, yeah. Reg. <laughs> Miles, Reg, and Jordy. And, and, uh, yeah.
2: Interesting. That's- I would also love to see the, um, I mean, this will never happen, uh, but I'd love to see the, uh, there was a character that uh, they tried to make a recurring, uh, a recurring character in season two. Um, her name, her name was Ensign Gomez. She was an assistant in engineering. She's, mm-hmm. um, she's in Q Who when um, uh, she spills hot chocolate on Picard. And that's why um, he's in the turbo lift. Uh, she's in two episodes and they were trying to make her into a recurring character. I don't know what happened. I guess like uh, something didn't work out uh, with the actor, but she was going to be a recurring character. And I think she was going to be a love interest for Jordy.
0: Hmm. Oh, I kind of remember her. Yeah. 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 Okay. That'd be like uh, a deep cut, but they're not past. deep cuts. Deep on cuts. The-
2: yeah. I, I don't think she's probably going to show up though. I would love to see Leah Brahms again. Who, I don't know if in this reality, but in the all good things reality, um, that's who Jordy's married to. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good deep cut, uh, too.
1: Yeah, James, I, I can think of one female character I'd like to see who had one one episode of uh, Next Gen. And you probably know who that is. What? <laughs> you want to guess? <laughs>
0: Uh you should you should, you should why who, who is it, Joe? She was in the
1: episode with uh, Billy Campbell He played the uh, what was that episode entitled the amazing uh
2: the uh, the outrageous O'Connor?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of Terry oh, Hatcher. Oh, oh. <laughs> um uh,
2: uh uh Terry Hatcher. <laughs> yeah, Terry yeah. Hatcher, yes. <laughs> I forgot yeah. she plays the transporter chief in that episode. Yeah, that's right. that's She's right. the transporter yeah.
1: chief, yeah. <laughs> uh uh
0: well, I saying? feel like I feel like, you know, I don't know if they're going to do it because we are we are now mixing our series up because we have a next gen reunion Mm -hmm. dealing with a Deep Space Nine villain. And I I feel like I mean, Miles O'Brien just show up at least because Worf is the only DS9 person involved in the story. I mean, not that Mm. it has to really involve many other DS9 people, but it seems like DS9 is where all this took place. It would be um, I don't know. It seems out of place not to have anyone else from DS9 not show up with the current threat going on.
2: No, that's true. You know what I would love to have happen, but it would never happen in a million years. What's that? I would love for um, for Cisco, the emissary, to return from the wormhole. Now that the enemy has returned. Oh, uh, yes. Oh,
0: that's yes. fantastic. Is Avery Brooks no go on Star Trek anymore?
2: I mean, they've been they've been talking to him. He he was resistant. He didn't even. Um he didn't even want to um do an interview for that uh deep space nine documentary uh that they made a couple of years ago um of uh, what we leave behind um so I think he's he's done he's done with Star uh, Trek but that said it is. if he were to do it we wouldn't know about it <laughs> so
1: yeah, yeah. I'll can we keep that a
0: secret yeah we wouldn't know about it either and it's it's also sad that we lost um, Renee. he can't come back as odo either
2: hmm Yeah, though though he did get a nice nod. I thought that um I forget uh, who it was, but uh someone said that they had a source in the Great Link. I presume that was a reference to Odo.
0: Yeah, that was a uh, Wharf, I think, so that and um, Yes, right, yeah. right. And his picture, yeah, I think Odo's sense. picture picture Odo's picture was on,
1: I think, um the page the uh, pad, yeah, right? That sure right. was showing to um showing to I think uh LaForge, was it? Yeah. No, yeah. no, to seven. I think seven yeah. Seven,
0: so yeah, that's because I would have loved to have seen Odo again, but i I don't think I don't think even though you could probably do CGI and makeup, it they wouldn't touch recasting or or bringing him back in any form.
1: Okay, now Jack has been having these I, visions, hallucinations, but is he? He's starting to hear voices too. And after, before, or after, I'm not exactly sure. She knows. I watched it this morning. Uh, he uh, uh, he went um, again. He went Rambo in the in the transporter room. Um, there's a voice whispering to him and the last two words we hear are connect us. Right? So that, you know, that makes me think of the Great Link. Right? Mm. So I'm just thinking you know, more and more, but the, the voice did say connect us. Uh, so yeah. uh, what, what do you make of those visions or, or uh, what uh, he's having and whether those uh, those maroon spikes to seem to envelop everything around him?
0: Yeah, I don't know what, what to make of that. What I is mean, that? and the red yeah.
1: eyes—he's got the red eyes too.
0: Yeah, I don't. I mean, we're in the back half now of the season, starting this week. Yep. As we, as we are, as we are uh, recording this, it's the uh, it's the night before episode six is going to drop. So, hopefully, with tomorrow's episode, we'll get some insight, maybe into more of like either what the changeling stole or or what um, what happened Jack. to Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, so some
2: of us on the West Coast, for us, the episode drops at midnight instead of three AM. So, so some of us, for some of us, it's actually uh, tonight's episode. Tonight's episode, yes.
1: <laughs> <hope> to do.
2: <laughs> I've been making my evenings, um, my Wednesday evenings. I've been saving the new episode of Mandalorian, and I watch the Mandalorian to stay up for the new Picard. And uh, uh, can I just say? Um, last week in particular was quite a week uh, to have a new episode, a fantastic episode of the Mandalorian a Star Wars show followed by a fantastic episode of a new Star Trek show and you know, I couldn't help thinking about you know 12 year old me what he would have made of that fact <laughs> <It's like laughs> you just have to it's just like, New great Star Wars, new great Star Trek, all from the comfort of my own living rooms uh, streaming on a, a TV that's uh, bigger than any screen I'd ever seen, and it's it's all mine.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll throw in another thing that, premiered, that dropped last week, and that was the uh, season premiere of Superman and Lois season three. The first episode uh, was very, very good, by the way.
0: We got all, we're like spoiled with things yeah, like things like back in the day, like when we were in mint condition, like we could never I, fathom the amount of pop culture things that we would have access to at this, at this, at this time. Right. I mean, we were just so happy to get what we got back then.
2: Oh yeah. So on that note, um, let me ask you guys a question. Sure. Are you Star trek out yet or no? Uh, How are you no, feeling? I'm Star, star Wars
1: out, out, but not Star trek out. I will never be Star trek out. Never.
2: I, what about you, James?
0: I was, this, I mean, Strange New Worlds in this really revitalized yeah. me. Because, I mean, we we obviously, we had a great time recording the podcast for season two of Picard. But looking back at it, it was very uneven. And and Picard season one, as Joe couldn't even get through it, was, you know, we weren't even doing the podcast then. And it was during lockdown. But, uh, you know, so it, it was, you know, Picard season one was good for being in a pandemic and, and having some comfort food. But looking back like um because I, I you know discovery has been I, like i said the last last two seasons of discovery like i like all the characters it's just the the 12 episode arc that i felt felt both were kind of like dark a, a little bit um was kind of like i'm like until strange new worlds and picard came out i'm like I, or this season of picard i was like i hope they i hope they change the change the ship around a little bit hmm so that's my those are my thoughts on, on Star Trek. I mean, I, I'm glad that we're I hope this is the sort of Star Trek we're going to get going forward, which is mm-hmm. I get like, again, I don't want to use the word fan service, but it, it respects the past and it, it and uses it as a launching pad to do new things exactly. um, and reinvent the franchise. I mean, Josh, what do you what do you feel about the franchise?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I feel similarly to you. I think, um, you know, I enjoyed more or less all of the new Star Trek that we've gotten. I was getting a little Star Trek out, I think. The one-two punch of Strange New World Season 1 and the Season 3 of Picard, I think, you know, it's up there with the best best of Star Trek. Yeah, um, I completely agree. And, you know, I had been making peace with the idea that you know, maybe Star Trek had, um, had moved on and it was, uh, you know, a thing that, that, um, uh, you know, wasn't necessarily exactly what, you know, my Star Trek was, but, uh, but these, these two shows are proving that, um, that's not necessarily the case. Like, um, there is a certain, you know, a certain, um, certain ingredients, a certain, a certain recipe that can still be replicated, um, mm-hmm. that, uh can sort of thrive in the the contemporary T V landscape and I'm uh yeah I mean I'm just you know what was that episode five there are gonna be are there gonna be how many episodes this season? Are there ten? Ten, yeah. Yeah. Yeah so we've got another um five weeks of you know just looking forward to a new episode of star trek which is a really lovely feeling uh to have um that i don't yeah. think i felt as intensely since um season one of strange new worlds and before that I-, I felt it a little in season two of discovery
1: that was the season i enjoyed and i didn't get halfway through see about halfway through season three where i, I kind of dropped discovery but i thought season two was excellent yeah, you know, I, I, I've only got to be Star Trek that because, you know, we've got five previous Star Trek programs, including Enterprise, that I can go back and watch any time. There, there are times when I'm sitting, you know, at night, it's 11 o'clock. What am I going to watch? I go to the original series and put into trouble with Tribbles or Mirror Mirror and, and it's still great. It's still, you know, it's, it's still excellent television. So. Oh, I mean, I, I also,
0: I, I also, I'm sorry, Josh, but I, I almost, I also forgot because I, I really enjoyed it. It just slipped out of my head. I really liked Prodigy. Prodigy was great. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. That's what I haven't gotten to that. So, I gotta get to that.
0: Prodigy is oh. fun. And it's like, it's in the same like spirit. I mean, it's not, it's like, you know, it's like animated and it was meant for, it's meant for Nickelodeon, but it's got the same kind of feel and vibe of, of Strange New Worlds and, and Picard. It was, it was great.
2: I still haven't gotten into Prodigy. Oh yeah. Well, I you I, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, I still haven't gotten into Prodigy. I watched the first episode, the sort of the feature length pilot episode. I enjoyed it. Uh, the other show, though, that I really do enjoy is um, Lower Decks, I have to say, though it's not it, it's not really appointment viewing for me in the same way that, that um, Picard is and um, Stranger New Worlds is. But I don't think it's supposed to be necessarily. I think it's supposed to sort of scratch another itch. You know, like I don't, necessarily mind if i i haven't seen the new episode the day or even the week that it comes out of lower decks
0: yeah lower decks i just binged just when it was over um because like i said it's not, it's not like appointment television i mean i, I did the same thing with prodigy too I, I ended up just waiting until a few episodes were out then binged the season but yeah i mean this this new the last you know like i said uh, stranger worlds picard the season of picard and prodigy they've they've gotten me reinvent reinvested in star trek so i hope they I hope whatever they're planning in the future you can keep up with what they, or they can keep doing what they've been doing here, as I can hope for the creative teams that are taking over these projects.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the trifecta, Josh, would be if we could have, man, a new episode of Star Wars, a new episode of Star Trek, and a new Babylon 5. That would be the trifecta. Oh,
2: jeez yeah
1: yeah. Well. i don't think that babylon five
0: <laughs> yeah i don't think that's gonna happen but that would be the trifecta of like imagining a world where we could sit in like a new an episode a new episode of star wars and star trek and babylon five are on tv and
2: they're all good and they're all
1: good <laughs> they're all good right yeah exactly <laughs> that'd be interesting
0: that'd be nice uh Well, as we bring, uh, this episode to a close, do we have any uh, final thoughts about this episode five or anything in the series or anything coming up?
1: Um, again, um, you, you, you got, you, you pulled me in James. and I'm so happy you did, you know, because you knew how to, you knew where to get me with Mr. Worf, obviously my favorite character in all Star Trek canon is Mr. Worf. Um, I'm along for the ride. Uh, I have some ideas where this, you know, this might be going. I'm going to keep them to myself right now because they're probably all wrong. But um, uh, tomorrow I will be in front of the, my flat screen uh, in the morning watching uh, watching a new episode and enjoying it. And, and to our listeners out there, if you haven't checked this out yet, please do. If you like Star Trek and if you're a fan of Next Gen, this is just – and it's it's also, you know, the secret recipe to doing these things – to bringing back these shows that we re- classic TV shows. It's it's not so much, you know, yeah, you got to bring back the characters if you're lucky to bring them back and, and, and the situations and, and the, uh, the sets, but you got to have good people writing and directing these, 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 these shows and um, this showrunner and the creative team that are, that are producing these episodes are top notch creators. And I think that's why this is so good. So I just want to sh- give a shout out to the creators, of this this uh, series, they're doing a fantastic job.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Josh, any uh,
2: final thoughts? No, I mean, you know, again, I feel like we've um, closed a certain mini arc of this season, where mm-hmm. um, you know, it seems like now our characters are um, are are truly fugitives on the run. It's, it's one little ship against the entire Starfleet. Yeah, I have no idea. Well, I shouldn't say no idea. We, we we shot some ideas back and forth of what it could be. But I really, you know, sky's wide open for exactly what's going on with Jack. Um, and I really don't know what the end game is. So, yeah, I'm just thrilled to be, uh, you know, looking forward every week to getting a new installment. And, Joe, I want to echo something you said that, this season has done a really good job of simultaneously being one entry in a larger story, but also ha- having a beginning, middle and end, uh, which I don't know that that a lot of serialized TV has has kind of figured out that exactly. um, that's sort of a um, not a necessity, but it, it's a good idea uh, to make sure that that you give the audience what feels like a complete meal every week.
1: Yeah. Completely concur as Mr. Spock was saying I concur.
2: <laughs> and listening
0: audience, um well if you've made it this far in the episode and you're not watching season three of picard card, um a lot of it's been spoiled, but I hope you would <laughs> still go back and and watch episodes one through five and then continue watching the rest of the series if you have if you're not done so already. I'm um, still
2: holding out for my Mott the Barber cameo. <laughs> Why not?
0: <laughs> uh, and let's get, what about, is Morn still alive? We can have Morn show up, right? Can Morn show up? I mean, Morn show he up. He,
2: I mean, you can't shut him up. He would, he would, he be chatting <laughs> everyone's ear off. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, or what about, oh no, that actor passed away too. I was going to say, Garrett can't show up either, right? Didn't that actor pass away also? No, he didn't did pass Robert, away. Are
2: oh, we still him? alive?
0: yeah oh okay well maybe Garrick could show up too because I'd love to see Garrick like I said we I'd I love to see a few ds9 characters show up because this
2: looks like you know this is a time to. but but anyway we have lots about, of uh, sorry sorry no, no no go ahead go ahead <laughs> no and I mean I would be stunned if um if uh, uh, uh Denise Crosby doesn't have a cameo yeah it just it just seems like I mean not necessarily as yard not necessarily as Sila um it just feels like if you're gonna get... The old gang back together, you gotta sure, and, a piece, yeah. yeah. I mean, you gotta get some some Denise Crosby in there. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, her, you her, Doctor Pulaski. I really want to yeah, see Doctor Pulaski. Doctor Pulaski. Make oh, about Dr. Pulaski yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And I know she was in last season, but I'm surprised they haven't brought Guinan back for like to have everybody in one season. But I, guess, uh, I
2: think we saw her. I we think we saw? saw her. Like, like there's also the issue of. Um, of what they can afford. Oh, that's true, yeah. Uh, there was an episode of The View, I think, a few weeks ago where um Whoopi Goldberg hosted a reunion of the cast in the ten forward set. The new ten forward set, the one that's Oh, in,
0: okay. All right. Yeah, you know, the one that's, that's in
2: the show. So so okay. I think if she was gonna be on the show I don't know why we wouldn't have heard about it. It's not like it's a secret. She was on the show already.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well we'll we we'll still keeping his a secret, so But uh, uh, well, anyway, we we could keep talking about, I guess, our guest cameo, our hopes for guest cameos. Um, Hopefully some of those will be fulfilled. But audience, hopefully we fulfilled, um, you know, your thoughts about listening to these episodes and and gave you some insight into what we're thinking about them. And if you have your own separate thoughts about our thoughts, you can please put them in the Facebook group when we uh, this episode posts under its posting. And uh, we thank you for listening. And um, who knows when our next Picard um, Thoughts episode will come out because this one was unexpected too. So look for another Star Trek edition soon. We thank you for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you on the next episode.